Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Praise God. Hallelujah. Fasting to get results. This one is just a quick one. Why do we fast? To seek God. Okay, any other person? Jesus commanded it. Okay. To be more sensitive in hearing from God. Yes. To humble ourselves. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> humble, humble ourselves. To seek God's face. Things happen when you fast and pray. If you pray and fast, things happen. Pastor. <laughs> to increase our inner man or energize our inner man to come out of something that you are struggling with that's a good one yes this hmm. philosopher <laughs> to add fuel to your prayer <laughs> yes to put our bodies under subjection from all fleshly desires very similar to what that's the same thing which uh, Auntie Sarah said. Is <laughs> that some things do not go except by prayer and fasting? That's why we have to fast. Just your hand. Yes. Absolutely. To strengthen the relationship. <laughs> to strengthen. To to strengthen the relationship between ourselves and God. To resist temptation. A man shall not live by bread alone. Well, but that's, that's quite profound. Come to think of it. <laughs> so because you, you don't live by bread alone, sometimes you have to put bread, and, bread aside. <laughs> So you can live without bread. <laughs> Interesting. Hallelujah. All you said were very powerful. And I'm trying to think of who said something that was not right. But I'm struggling to find that. Because almost what everyone said complements what someone else, else said. So you're all right. If I were you, I'll be writing what everyone said. And turn it into my own notes. Jesus Christ fasted and you see before I go into that I was in a pastor's conference about eight years ago or nine no more than eight years ago I think nine years or so there about I was in a pastor's conference and this minister who was teaching said fasting is an old testament thing and Christians are not supposed to be fasting. Because fasting is an Old Testament thing. And, 
a lot of people didn't take it lightly. A lot of the pastors. So it became a, after I finished questions, it became like, and the man was quite, you know, he, he, he's able to, if I remember, I got up and I said that, no, it's not Old Testament because in every, see when people say things like that, and especially they have a, a bit of theological knowledge, everything, every scripture you quote, they give a different interpretation. Afro-Caribbeans, they like fasting because they think that you have to punish yourself for God to listen to you. <laughs> um, but a lot of people were very enraged. Many pastors got up, just, just left the, the meeting because how can you go and eat and eat? And I remember one of his church leaders was also sitting in front and he said, I don't even know what, what's wrong with people. Why do you fast? And the bishop said, exactly. You just don't know what's... And most of the pastors were very offended. But, you know, I couldn't be bothered. Me, I just... There are people who believe that fasting is Old Testament. Fasting is not necessary. Fasting is not. And there's a text which we will use about the fact that Jesus said, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. Um, all right, let me just let me just attempt to do that. God, this is, let me just do it. Let's look at Matthew chapter 17. I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17, 17. It says that, Then Jesus, uh, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will I, I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. This is talking about... Okay, let's read from verse 14. And when he had come down to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they, they could not cure him. Then Jesus said, O faithless generation, and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And, and he rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus answered, answered them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say unto you, If you have faith, as a master seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Verse 21. Let's all read 21 from the screen. All right. shall, shall we all read it together, please? Alright. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So he was telling them that, you see, you need faith to be able to move mountains for faith he can say to this mountain be moved then he went on to say that in spite of all that this kind this particular situation we are talking about does not go except by prayer all right now can you put that same text can you put the niv on the screen please niv you see it's a lot Is this the verse 17? Okay, put, put King James back. New King James again. Did you see that? Now, put uh, New King James, verse 20. 
Alright? So he says, is he where the 20 starts from? Jesus answered and said, because of all your unbelief. For verily I say unto you and all that. Go to NIV verse 20. The same to verse 20. Straight to NIV. He replied, because of your unbelief. Okay? Then nothing shall be impossible. Go to verse 21. Let's see what he says. He can't seem to have verse 21. So just move it forward. Let's see where it goes. Don't it go to 21? Go to 22. Did you see that? So. Aha. So you see that if you have an NIV, you notice that, go to verse 20 again, NIV. You see that nothing shall be impossible for you. Is the end of the verse, same 20, verse 20 in the King James. That in the verse 21, King James says that, however, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. NIV says, So those of you who have NIV, if you look into your Bibles, you, you, how many of you have got NIVs? What does it say in your Bible? What does it say? There should be some a statement there. No, is, is there anything in italics or? Yeah, what does it say? So there is a footnote in the. If you have a good NIV, there will be a letter. No, nothing shows. So long as we are concerned, you don't. <laughs> there is a footnote. What, what, what Bible is that? Is that NIV? Okay. That's it. God, New Living has got it. The reason why I went into this is because I attempted to say some people purport that fasting is Old Testament. Okay. Now, when Jesus said that this goes only, uh, this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. Some believe that it's not in the original manuscript. So then if you quote that and say some things don't go except by prayer and fasting. I think I dealt with this particular thing a little bit when we were doing the foundation school. I, I spoke about a little bit about it, the Bibles. So if you don't know much about this, come to foundation school and you will learn more about why is NIV saying that and why is King James saying that and it's not only here, there are other places in the Bible, especially the New Testament, particularly not the Old Testament the New Testament where NIV omits some stuff whilst King James have it if you want to know, it's not anything strange, you understand it and you actually clap for Jesus that it's like that, but come for foundation class and you will know it Right. So many people say that many, particularly in, in, in many British institutions, the normal book, the, no, the normal version they use for biblical studies and theological studies is NIV. In many in British institutions, so British Bible colleges, many Bible colleges, British English based or British Bible colleges and many of those institutions, the, the standard version they use is the new international version. Okay? And the reason why they choose to use that is the reason why we explain it when you come to foundation um, school. So then that stands to throw light on why sometimes some people will say it's Old Testament because Jesus didn't actually say casting out demons require fasting. 
And come to think of it, come to think of it, if you need fasting in order to cast out demons, then there's a your question, your spirituality is questionable. Or your redemption is that, or do you need fasting? Does, does the policeman need fasting? Or even go to the gym in order to just stop traffic or ask? He doesn't need to go to. He can be a very big person, weak, walking around, very slim, weak, and can stand and lift their hands once in a police uniform and stop traffic. You have to. You know, so you don't need to fast in order to wield spiritual authority. Hello. All right. So then, then why should we fast? We are not fasting to cast out demons. I remember in my early days when I got born again, my pastor was preaching and he says that some people went to go and cast out a devil. And when they were praying for the demon to come out, the, the demon, you know sometimes demons speak through people. Say, hey, hey, you, I know you, you are coming to cast me out. When you were, you guys, when you were coming, you didn't even fast. You, you've just eaten a lot of rice and peas. <laughs> peace and, you've just eaten that and you are coming to cast me out. And then they all, they all got discouraged. They went. <laughs> because they felt they have not fasted. To cast out. See, that's wrong understanding. Alright, so you don't need to fast in order to cast devils. You don't need to fast in order. But, 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 but pastor, Jesus said it clearly in that context. He said this kind. It was cast. He said, they said, why, why couldn't we cast the devil out? That demon out of the boy. Or why couldn't we cure the boy? And he says, the, his initial answer was faith. He said, if you have faith like master seed, you can address anything. Then he went on, in addition to that, he said that how be it, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Excuse me. So, now Jesus said, but why, watch this, this is very interesting. Why did Jesus fast? If you study the text very carefully, the scriptures very carefully, Jesus didn't cast demons until after his fasting. <laughs> he didn't cast out devils until after his fasting. In Luke chapter 4 verse 1, Bible says that, and Jesus was led by the Spirit after his baptism. Okay, now watch this. His baptism was the declaration, that's when he started his public ministry. His public ministry started with his baptism. So when John the Baptist, he came and asked John the Baptist to baptize him. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And the Bible says that when he was being baptized, the heavens was, was open and the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form as a dove and settled on him. And there was a voice that came from heaven and it says that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Alright, so Bible says that then, this is chapter 4 verse 1 what verse comes before chapter 4 verse 1 um, we'll put it there please chapter 3 verse 30 and that, okay, that, 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 so that was talking about the genealogy of Jesus but particularly when you go to Matthew Matthew chapter 3 the last verse of Matthew chapter 3 talks about how it's more about his baptism when he finished his baptism he went straight into the wilderness Bible says so there was chapter Matthew chapter 3 she was there surely I say uh, a voice came from this is my beloved said, whom I might let's go to the next verse then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil and then go to the next verse and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. So that is where he went to fast. He went right after the heavens was open. He went into fasting. Now, 
he fasted there 40 days and 40 nights and in Luke chapter 4 verse 14 Bible says that and Jesus came so in Luke chapter 4 verse 1 Jesus went into the wilderness full of the spirit but in, in some of you must be aware of this already in verse 14 he came out from the wilderness then Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit he went full of the spirit but he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit very interesting so when the holy ghost came upon him he went to fast and then bible says that he went verse one verse one chapter four verse one look at it he says being filled with the holy spirit returned from jordan and was led by the the wilderness how did he go he was filled went full of the holy spirit but verse 14 he returned full of the power very interesting he returned in the power of the holy in the power of the spirit to galilee and the the news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Now, that this is where he, then he went to the temple synagogue and he was given the scroll to read the two verses afterwards. He was given the scroll to read and he opened his eyes and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And he spoke about a few things and he said, To declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he, he told, when he put down the scroll, yeah, verse 16, 18, there. He only put down the scroll. He, saw, he, saw, he told them that this scripture is fulfilled in your eyes, in your ears today. And the Bible said they looked at him. and some of the, That's after that they took the pick up stones to stone him. Who do you think you are? Why are you saying that? They started having problems with him for the declarations. Now, going back to fasting. So, you could tell that Jesus went to fast and there was a, a, a great difference. Now, I'm not saying that he was able to cast out devils because he fasted. Now, I'm not saying he was able to cast, but there must be something fasting did for him, which made him come out in power. Now, do you know when the devil tempted him? But the scriptures are very interesting in that. He said that he was led by the spirit to be tempted of the devil. That's what Matthew said. And then in the verse 2 of chapter 4 of Matthew, he says that, and, be, and having fasted 40 days and 40 nights, the devil came to him. Matthew chapter 4 verse 2. So fr- from verse 1, it talks about Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted on the devil. Okay, go to the next verse. And when he had fasted 40 days, so the Bible, all the Bible says that he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, uh, 40 days, and when he was hungry, the verse 3 said, the devil came. The tempter came and said to him, started tempting him. Right? So then, actually, when the Bible says that he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, was it this temptation he was talking about after his fasting? Or when he was dead throughout the 40 days, he was being tempted every day? Do you understand what I'm saying? Was he being tempted every day? Or the Bible says that he was led to be tempted. And after he had finished fasting, after he had finished fasting 40 days, the devil came to tempt him because he was hungry. He said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones in the bread. Now, the last thing we heard about Jesus before he went fasting was a voice in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. This is my beloved son. Now, when he finished fasting, the first thing he heard, if you are the son. <laughs> the devil will always question the word of God you've heard. You've heard a prophecy, a breakthrough is coming, the devil will question it. Your marriage is going to happen, the devil will question it. You're about to have a child, they'll have the prophecy that you're going to have a child, the devil will question it. Then you go to the hospital, they ask you, that, ah, you have about uh, uh, 10 fibroids, you can't give birth. Meanwhile, you've just heard the word from God, that God is about to give you twins. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so Jesus was tempted by the devil and when he had finished fasting, the enemy came to him and tempted him. But Bible says that he overcame the devil with the word of God. Get behind me. He said that it is written. It is written. The third time he said it is written. And then the verse 11 says that and Satan liberated him alone. So, when, and the angels came to uh, minister to him. Okay, so the devil left him and angels uh, came and ministered to him. Remember I mentioned angels? The minister came to minister to the angels have been well, have always been there and they've been involved in redemptive history. Okay, so then he so after angels came to minister to him, I don't know what they came to do to him. Whether they came to give him food because I was that he was hungry. See, sometimes this is what theology does. You know, oh, he was hungry. The devil said, Turn turn this into food. He overcame the devil, and then angels, the devil left him, angels came to minister to him. What exactly did they come to do? <laughs> did they come to give him food or possibly did they come to strengthen him so he can walk or whatever I don't know the Bible is silent about that and I don't really I'm not interested in that at the moment so but then what we know is that he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit after the angels have come to minister to him so he went full of the Spirit after fasting and after he after you see after his fasting the enemy attempted to tempt him Possibly he was tempting him all around. But after his fasting, he came again to tempt him. Or possibly that was the first time he tempted him. However, the enemy tempted him. But he had an upper hand. Can you imagine all through his life, all through his 30 years, we never heard anything about the devil tempting him. All through his 30 years. Actually, the Bible was actually silent. From the age of 12 to the age of 30 years, the, the, the age of 30, the Bible says, the Bible was silent about Jesus' life. And I remember one day somebody asked me, so what was he doing around all this time? I said he was playing, he was playing football. <laughs> he was doing what everybody does. He was, he was learning carpentry, he was making tables, he was getting some profits, he was selling on the market, he was, he was doing everything that, such that, that is why his hometown, the, the, the folks in his hometown found it very preposterous for him to all of a sudden announce and say that, I am God. <laughs> they pick up stones to stone him because, you know, at the point in time, the Bible says that, they said, we know, he, he said, no, Jesus, we know his father, that is not a carpenter. <laughs> We know his sisters. How come he's saying that he's God? You understand? So he was so much like us that there was nothing to look at him and for him to look extraordinary. There's nothing extraordinary about him. He was so much like us. That is why it's easy for God to use you. Yeah. <laughs> you see, you don't have to have three ears. Or four years for God to speak to you. So Jesus, so much like us, you don't need four eyes in order for God to use you. All you need for God to use you is you. <laughs> just as you are. God wanted, so Jesus came, was walking on earth, and just like everybody. Then he went to fast. So that he, so everything he did, we can do. Everything he says that we can do. That's why he had the audacity, or he had the he had the boldness. He he told us that these signs which I do, greater works shall ye do more than this, because I go to my father. 
I think John chapter 14 verse 12 or John chapter 12 verse 14 somewhere there. He said, greater works shall ye do more than this. So, when we begin to make it look like Jesus was God, that's why he was doing all these things. No, he actually was man and was doing all these things so that we can also do what he did. Hallelujah. So now, he went and was tempted. He was tempted by the devil. He fasted. He came out with power. So when people say that fasting is Old Testament, they are wrong. Now, the pastor, that, that bishop, in that conversation or that discourse, I, I said that no, but Jesus, somebody don't somebody said Jesus fasted. And he said that Jesus, Jesus was still under the Old Testament, which is true. Okay, Jesus operated under the Old Testament. The New Testament came into effect after the shedding of the blood. So when he came, so that's why on the on the night he was betrayed, the communion, he said, This is the cup of the new covenant, which will be, which will be. Alright, so he was about to enact it. So he the, the covenant was enacted with his blood. Because if he had not died, there was no way we could have any covenant. He shed his blood. So Jesus and all those other guys operated under the Old Testament. So fasting was valid in the Old Testament. But how about the New Testament? In Acts, Bible said, Paul said that. Paul said that he fasted often. In fastings, he said, in fastings oft. Second Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 20, somewhere down there. Paul spoke about how he fasted often. Second Corinthians chapter 11. He fasted and beatings a lot of uh, he had received beatings. Now he, he was he was chronicling his ordeal, his hardships, his uh, the, the the difficulties he he had been through as a result of serving Christ and doing the, the the work of God. So he was saying that these people are they taking advantage of me? I've suffered for the cross. I've suffered that. I've done this. So he then he began to enumerate or mention and enlist the things he had been through. And somewhere along the line, he said, in fastings oft. So I quoted that scripture. And then he said that, no, when Paul was saying that, when he said in fastings oft, that another, another way to, to describe, to mention fasting, or another way, uh, another way to reflect his hunger was fasting. So it's like, he used that term fasting to, re, to represent hunger, having not eaten. But then in that same text, he spoke about how he has gone without food. All right, in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, he had gone without food and he's been hungered and all that. Verse twenty-six. All right, Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-six. What does it say? In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen, in perils of Gentiles, in perils of the, uh, in perils in the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren. Verse 27. In weariness, in toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings. Did you see that? So he differentiated them. So then how come do you say that when he said in fasting, he meant in going without food? So Paul was, uh, uh, he used to fast. Paul fasted, he said, in fastings, often. How many of us uh, want to say that with Paul, in fastings, often? <laughs> Some of us will say, in fastings, seldom. <laughs> All right. 
But in Acts chapter, the last scripture I'll point to this is in Acts chapter 13, Bible says that verse 1 and 2, there were certain prophets and teachers in the church in Antioch. Then he started mentioning, enumerating their, uh, mentioning their names and listing their names. Uh, their names. Some of the names are quite strange. Then verse 2, Bible says that, verse 2 says that, and had they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Do you see that? As they ministered. So these teachers and prophets ministered to the Lord and fasted. Okay, so fasting was not an Old Testament thing is an, it's a New Testament. This is talking about the church in Antioch was after the Holy Ghost had come down already and there was a move of God. Bible historians believe that it became kind of the hub for the spreading of the gospel. From Jerusalem, Antioch became like the center because Antioch was a very big, big and prominent city at that time. <clears throat> So the point here is that they met the prophets and so prophets and teachers in Antioch met to fast. So fasting is not Old Testament. Now this brings me to my point. I don't want to talk about why do we fast because all of us all we said was right. Those who came late get the message. And but I want to um, okay. I want to, I want I want to talk about what makes fasting effective. Because if we have to fast, then how do we have to fast? See what I said? If we have to fast, how do we fast? Now, the, p- permit me to categorize fasting into two, into two main brands. We have the corporate fasting and the private fasting. Or corporate fasting and the um, personal fasting. Okay, individual fasting. The individual fasting is when you yourself declare that, like Jesus' fasting was individual fasting. He went to do his own fasting. Okay, he went, he was fasting by himself. He didn't go with his disciples to go and fast with him. He was doing his own fasting. Okay, so we have corporate fasting. What is corporate fasting? Corporate fasting is when a group of people come together with a common objective. Say objective with a common objective, with a common purpose, and begin to fast. So what we are about to begin is a corporate fasting, and we are all all going to have a common objective to fast, okay? So we have corporate fasting and a private fasting on an individual fasting. Now, with the uh, uh, corporate fasting, the private fasting, you can tell Jesus did it. In the Old Testament, Moses did it. Daniel did it. Okay, so they were private, individual fasting. How about corporate fasting too? We can see uh, the, the scripture we just quoted in Acts chapter 13 that there are seven, there are seven of them whose names were mentioned. Um, the teachers and the prophets in the church of Antioch, they came together and ministered to the Lord and fasted. So they were doing it together as a team. Does that, does that make sense? Alright, so they came together and fasted. Now, in the days of Esther, in Esther chapter 4 particularly, you can see that Esther said that go and fast, go and get the guys to fast for me, and I likewise, with my maidens, we will fast. Then I will go to the king. Alright, so there was corporate fasting there. And in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20, the story of Jehoshaphat, when some nations decided to come against four nations, join alliance to come and fight against uh, Judah. Bible says that the King Jehoshaphat declared a national day of fasting to the extent that even all animals were made to fast. Wow, that's radical. 
You see, sometimes when you are determined to get something, you can be very radical. Or sometimes it's, it's, it's okay to be cool. It's okay to be gentle till you are, you are desperate. See, have you seen a desperate man before? Desperate people are not gentle. Never. De- people who are desperate, they will do anything to get what they have to get. And so, when it came, when they realized that all of them, in fact, when they come and attack them, all the animals will be affected. So he said, well, let's get all the animals to join the fasting. So they made all the animals fast as well. And even the story in Nineveh, Jonah, those of you who know the story of Jonah, Jonah was sent to go and give Nineveh an ultimatum that if they don't change their ways, God is about to uh, annihilate all of them. And Bible says that Nineveh, Jonah said that God, Jonah, you know why the, <laughs> you know why Jonah didn't want to go when God sent him? He said, he said because God is merciful. I know you've sent me to go and prophesy to, to these people, but you can change your mind. So Jonah didn't want to go. God sent him to Nineveh. He went to Tarshish. He took a ship going to Tarshish. Because of God, you, you have to destroy the people. If, now, you see, that, 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 that's how sometimes uh, spiritual or uh, religious bigots or s- people who are over spiritual can be. Because, because we are so spiritual, we want some people to be punished because they are not as spiritual as us. For instance, there are some, there, if you have a revelation that your, your neighbor who doesn't like you their house is about to catch fire or something. Or you know, you know what I'm talking. You have a wild revelation, and you tell the people. People tell you that no, it's not true. And you go and pray about it. Even you pray, even though you pray about it, you're waiting when the disaster strikes. Can you imagine how good you feel? I told them. <laughs> I told them. Your friend used to follow you to church, and now she stopped going to church. And then she had an accident and she's in, in hospital and you go and see her in your heart, you know. See, I told you. I told you that you have to be careful, you know. So it's very easy to be religious or to be on a spiritual quest and at the same time be very merciless to prove your spirituality. So that's what Jonah did. Jonah said, I don't want, I don't want to go because if I go, God can change his mind. And God arrested. He said, go back. The, the, the big fish went to throw him out right in front of Nineveh. He had a, he, some people believe that he was the first one who had the submarine, submarine ride. God sent him to go to Nineveh. He jumped on the boat, started going to Tashish. And on his way to Tashish, there was a serious storm. And the people who were very religious-minded said, no, we have been traveling this route always. Someone, some wrong person in our midst. Someone has come. You see, uh, you have to be careful. You have to be careful who you are allowed to come on your boat. <laughs> if you get a Jonah on your boat, like chances are that your boat will begin to sink. And so Jonah said, you know what? It's me. Uh, it's me. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't cause any commotion. Me. I am running away from the living God. And that is why the, all this mishap is coming on the boat. So please, just throw me overboard. And once you throw me off the ship, everything will be good. They said, no, we can't. They said, no, just throw me if you want your peace of mind. And then they took him and threw him out. He should have, he should have jammed himself. <laughs> That would be suicide. Eh? 
<laughs> all right, all right. So he, he got them to throw him off board. And Bible says this. God has a sense of humor, you know. Since most of us, when we are reading the scriptures, you have to take away the theatrical lenses and read it uh, existentially. Read it like that. See yourself. The Bible says that God has prepared a big fish. <laughs> because I'm sure, I'm sure when that big that fish was being born, God had Jonah in mind. <laughs> no, Bible says that God. Read your Bible. See, read your Bible. Bible says God had prepared a big fish. So as soon as they threw him overboard, the fish came and swallowed him. And so he had the submarine ride. He was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. Now that is strange. How come he didn't die? Yeah, the, 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 the gastric juice of the, the whale should have digested the guy. But God, and guess what? When, this is funny. When he was in the belly of the whale, he was praying. He was praying. He was praying. No, no, if Jonah could pray, this is what somebody said some time ago. Listen to this, you like this. So, if Jonah could pray, in the belly of the whale in the midst of the sea and God brought him out of there then your problem is small small your problem is small you think it wasn't that like he was not he didn't fall into the sea he was in the belly of the whale ready for digestive activities <laughs> and assimilation and circulation in the belly in the system <laughs> And possibly the way the waste be ejected for some little little fish for you to and God Bible said he prayed and it says that he will observe lying vanity shall forsake their own messes. He prayed and ble- Bible says she's, that's why praise and worship is powerful. He praised God in the he praised him. And Bible says, and this is funny, this is funny. And God spoke to the whale. <laughs> To the fish, God spoke to the fish, and the fish went to vomit him out. And when he came out, he was standing in front of the navy. <laughs> and he went in. God said, I should tell you, <laughs> <laughs> repent, and that his judgment is coming upon you. He went, and then when he finished doing that, he went and hit him. He says, Got a nice tree shade and sat there waiting for the destruction of Nineveh. <laughs> He was waiting. Ah, let's check it one day. Today is eh. God. What's happening? He was waiting for distraction. But you know what? Some, some dynamics changed. Because somebody said no. He de- they declared fasting. And they sought God. And repented. And as soon as they repented, God also repented. Brother, repent. Sister, repent. God will repent. And Jonah was infuriated. God, I told you. That's why he didn't want to go. He didn't destroy them. And he was upset more because the tree under which he went to take cover, the sun, God caused the sun to shine very, and the tree dried. So now, I think, I'm sure he was bored. Like, uh, so, the tree, the sun, the scorching sun, was hurting him. And he got upset. Look, I was. And God said, Even this, just the, the tree that died, you upset. How much more? A whole nation. 
who don't know their left from their right. They don't know what they are doing. They are just messing up. You want me to destroy them? Say God is merciful. You know, that's why you are still alive. But you know how they got the hand? They, they went to pray and saw the face of God. Sometimes you see this phrase in the scriptures, in sackcloth and in ashes. It's a reflection of what um, Aunt Sarah said about humble yourself. She said, I humble myself in sackcloth and in ashes. In other words, I, I, I bring my body under subjection I, through fastings. So fasting is so important. It brings us under subjection. It doesn't give us power to cast out devils. Because you know how you get power to cast out devils? When you become Christian. It's as simple as that. It's so simple. The power to deal with witches, to cast out devils. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 downwards. He said, and these signs shall follow those who believe. As soon as you believe, you are in. So you don't need fasting in order to cast out devils. But when you fast, it helps you come in sync. It brings the body under subjection. I didn't want to go into it. So, so, effective fasting, number one. So, remember Nineveh, their corporate fasting, Esther did it, the Acts of the Apostles, the prophets and teachers, they did it. And um, Esther, Esther's fasting was one of the most remarkable fasting with results in the scriptures. The fasting of Esther. There was an oncoming, impending holocaust to wipe out the Jews. They've always been under threat. The Jews have always been under threat. For people to the people, people have always wanted to wipe them. By the end of the day, those people get wiped out. So some of these funny Islamists and Ahmadinejad and all those guys. They, 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 they. All these anti-Semites. Where, where, is, where is Hitler? It's gone. And the Jews are still there. They are God's chosen people. You can't do anything about that. You, God brought you here. You can't take him out because he brought you here. And what Bible says that known unto God are all his works from the foundation of the earth. Right. So, fasting, to have effective fasting, the first key the first key for effective fasting is faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. What do I mean by faith? Your heart must be in a thing. Some people say, Papa, what if I cannot fast? Some people are already beginning to feel threatened. Because some people, see, see that's why I have to explain this. I'll approximately say it again on, on Friday. Listen, hear me, hear me out well this. He, you are not under any obligation to fast. None of us is under any obligation to fast. It's a personal choice. But it's a corporate thing we are doing. We say we are all going east. You can choose to go west. right? But in this particular incident, if you choose not to fast, it may not necessarily be a sign of rebellion. Okay? It may not be a sign of rebellion. It may just be a reflection of lack of understanding, lack of insight, or a team player. Because if you have insight, you have understanding, and your health is okay, and you choose that, me, I don't want to do it, because we are all glad, I'm tired of doing that. Then possibly, either you don't have proper understanding, insight, or you are not a team player. Do, do you understand that? It's, 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 because we, we, we are all coming together 
focusing our, 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 our energies or our spiritual directions in a particular direction. Spiritual energies in a particular direction. We are all doing a, it's a concerted effort, team effort to release something supernatural. But when God comes and he says that this year is the year of abundance, he didn't, oh, you did, it's a year of harvest. He didn't say that it's a year of harvest for ABC. It's a year of harvest for all, but it depends on how many are willing to pay the price to tap into it. Do you understand that? And so, none, none, none at all is under any form of obligation to think that if I don't do, for instance, we are fasting and then maybe they see. Now, if you are a church leader, the dynamics is different. <laughs> do you know why? Because you must lead by example. When people are fasting, you are eating and growing your, your and then picking your teeth. <laughs> Then, and then when we finish, can you imagine? When we finish, you come and take the microphone. We want to pray. Hallelujah. We want <laughs> if, if, You know what? I had a story of a, a church. They were doing fasting. Like I was telling this one. In, I hear it happened years ago. When I got born again, years ago. They were fasting. It was a fasting period. And one of the church elders was supposed to be leading. And what they are doing was the prayer starts at six. Then after they, f- they finish the prayer, they all go and break their fast. He was not fasting. He went to eat. He's been eating, so he went to eat a lot of rice. And he came was saying the prayer. Hey, in the name of Jesus, hey, the devil is this fasting we have been doing. We are winning. I think once he was he got choked and they started throwing up. And everything came up. He was. <laughs> And guess, guess, guess what? Guess what he did? He, when he ate the thing, because he went and ate this food, and the food, and guess what? So, so he, when he threw up in his embarrassment, instead of keeping quiet, getting somebody to clean it, he said, "Hey, God is a miracle-working God." <laughs> He said, Can you imagine? I just ate rice and see. (laughs) 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 All right, let's try to close. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many of you love Jesus? You see, the best place you can enjoy yourself is God's house. And listening to God's words with enjoyment and with joy. And learning something at the same time. Amen. I want you to pray that God, as we are about to start our fasting, I pray for strength and I pray for encounter. Two things. Lord, I pray for strength and I pray for divine encounter. Begin to pray right now. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.